0: is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney,
1: and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. And here we go. It's your favorite hour of the week. We're back. Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney here.
2: Across from the linebacker, Sean Barber. On the ones and twos. Got the catbird seat, you know. I don't get to sit in the catbird seat, but much. One time a week, and I, I gotta make it, I gotta make it count, baby. We got Jason Ketz filling in
1: for the American Dream. Dusty Lykins probably out wrestling or something. Uh, I wish we had some better things to talk about this week, and, and we'll get to some of the bad things. But before we get into any of the, the crap that we have to discuss here, when we should be talking about the Baltimore Ravens, John
2: Hallball, that deep that vaunted defense. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. Um always something good. Is that um. The Chiefs are 10-2. and two. Are we going right to the Chiefs? Um, this is your window to inspire here. And you're going, you want to go, we're going to talk enough about the Chiefs and all this BS. activity, positivity. My hometown team is the number one seed in the AFC and have control of their destiny. There's nothing more than any team in the NFL wants more than control of their own destiny knowing that all you got to do is win, 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 and everybody got to come to see you in your home, in your stadium, in your backyard, in order to get you out the playoffs. I've been happy about that the entire season because we've been in the number one seed almost the entire, all 16, all 14 weeks of the season so far. So the one thing I've been super excited about since week one of the NFL is that our hometown team, our Kansas City Chiefs, The kingdom, the Sea of Red, has supported them through thick and thin, through everything, and we are still holding on to that number one seed, and everybody got to come see us here in Arrowhead Stadium. That's a good thing. Uh, Chiefs have been really good wire to wire.
1: Unfortunately, they did hit this speed bump that has been the talk of the city, and it's something that we're going to get into a conversation. I want to ask a question here in a second, but there's new news uh, surrounding this situation. The Kansas City Star just releasing that the NFL didn't formally seek records on the video until uh, the video came out. Uh, the Chiefs apparently never did formally. This is now, according to the Star, meaning there's you know a paper trail uh, involved with that. Brad Fanning had a report earlier that uh, Kareem Hunt was a guy who had multiple altercations that have not gone, seen, or reported, so on and so forth. Two more um, on the books. Um, but I want to get into a situation, or I'm sorry, a, a, a subject that I ran into last night, and and it was uh, via Twitter. Hit me with it. The question I want to ask is, is it time to move on? Because it's not my question. TMZ released word of the third incident last night uh, in January. So this is now in Kansas City. That adds to the February incident. That's what the original video was and the June incident, punching a man, which there apparently is no video of. And last night I tweeted, If we hadn't already, we've reached the point in which the fans of the Kansas City Chiefs deserve to know how much the club knew and when they knew it. I'd be surprised if we ever get either answer. Of course, you know, me being involved with this past couple of years, I kind of know how these things go. Tweet got nearly 160 likes. I have 12,000 followers. uh, But some interesting replies. I got 36 total replies. I want to read you some of these replies. All right. First from Corey Anderson. Deserve? Give me a break. They cut him. He's gone. Now just move on. The Chiefs owe the fans nothing other than firing him, which they've done. The fans deserve that they try to win games. That's it. Next tweet. Josh, I as a fan don't feel the team owes me any explanation for this. They kicked him off the team, and I am ready to move on. Nothing positive will come of dwelling on this. Okay, Pastor DRock, honestly, why does anyone feel we deserve to know? Did we earn the right to do this info because we're fans? Besides, they said that they didn't know until TMZ released the vid. On what basis do you not believe them? How long must we keep digging into something that can't be undone? Is this not the same city that was outraged when the Chiefs drafted Tyree Kill, who had pleaded guilty to what he did? I'm just confused because if it is, shouldn't you be just as outraged that the team that you're paying money into through merchandise and tickets, and then when you go to the game, concessions, your $10 hot dogs, your $10 sodas, aren't you upset that the NFL and the Chiefs aren't keeping track or at least want to say that they're not keeping track? Who knows? Of, of the players that you're, you're putting in front of these fans. This is the same city who we got tweets and messages from. They
2: drafted Tyreek Hill. What changed? What changed over that time period? Everybody loves a winner. Is that what it is? It's when just the winning? You, when you win, it covers up all your transgressions, all your sin. Everything you do is covered up by winning. You win, 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 and everything else is second nature to that. the The, the tweets you heard about let's move on, they're moving on because we are the number one seed and they don't want our team to be distracted by past transgressions anymore they want the team to be focused on the Ravens. They want all our focus, all our power, all our strength, all our execution, all of that to be on one thing beating the Ravens on Sunday night in Arrowhead Stadium. The fan base is tired. They know all the facts. You can dump 20 more incidents on this. And they, like they said, he's already been cut. He's not just suspended a few games and we got to extend it more games. It's not a length of time. He's no longer on the roster. He's not a part of this team. That's the most you can do to a guy. Let 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 it let it rest. The it, the issue is over.
1: Do you think those two instances though? The one that I'm talking about is incomparable, though. I mean, it just it, is it is it just because they're ten and two and the, the and fans are worried? Okay, this is going to derail the season. Is that you think that
2: is the bottom line of this? Oh yeah. I mean, if all this stuff that came out in February and we had a whole off season of time to uh, go from suspending him a few games to then hearing feedback from the fans. Well, four games ain't enough. Let's make it six. Six games ain't enough. Let's make it eight. Well, you know, it, it, let, let the let the let the fan and, and, and the uh, fan base decide. You know how much how much the penalty should be. Then he, he'll probably be suspended the season and still be on the roster. And blah, blah, blah. but because it happened now, and they know that no no matter what happens, the Ravens are going to be here on Sunday. Right. The opponent don't care. Well, about about what you for what it's worth, on. I mean,
1: this all came down on Friday. The shock of losing one of the better players in the National Football League, and they still had to play on Sunday. The train keeps keeps chugging along
2: in now, the NFL. And, and Raider Week, one of, the, one of their uh, rivals, uh, it's always hard to to win up in uh, up in L.A. up uh, to beat uh, Gruden and the Raiders, and you had to deal with that 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 atom bomb hitting on a Friday, rearrange your backfield. Handled the 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 the, 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 the flag back the, the, the feedback from the um, all the critics and then now more stuff in a new week and everybody's trying to focus on the Baltimore Ravens but it's more like focusing on uh, how many bones we can dig up how many bones can we find in the closet the guy he ain't even on the team no more he can't make any runs no yardage no touchdowns I bet the Ravens ain't worried about Kareem Hunt they ain't got to worry about tackling him no more. So why are we worried about? Why is our? Why is anybody who is who's who's worried about this team trying to position themselves in the playoffs in 2018? Even even I, spending a money I understand. On it?
1: I understand that you love this Chiefs football team. You love this city. You love the organization. But don't fans who are putting money into this? And I understand not every fan is going to agree with me. Shouldn't they have a right to at least trust their organization? to be keeping track of the type of people that they're putting their own money into, though,
2: in a sense? You can only do so much. As a Chiefs organization, once the league tells you to let it go, then you got to let it go. It's like a, if a police officer tells you, hey, son, you need to back off, you need to move across the street, I don't care who it is on the other side of that street, if you're not listening to the law and they're telling you to move back, then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have some issues, right? You're going to have course. some problems. When the league comes down and tells the organization let it go, we got it, then you let it go and move on. You have to worry about preparing your team to win games with the people that are on your roster. You can't be preparing for what the league might do, might not do. And and as many times as as teams, coaches, uh, owners, PR people tell you, we really want to answer questions about the guys that are on the roster, not the guys that are hurt, coming back from injury, none of those things.
1: I appreciate Andy Reid pointing to this statement because of all the things you're saying. He has a team to 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 be, he has a team to surround you know, to to prepare i'm sorry he has a team to to prepare for sunday what i would just like from the organization in the nfl is to just one time say here were, here were the exact measures that we took. This is what happened this day. This is what we did. This is what happened this day. This is what we did. This is why we didn't act until this video came out. This is why, as the NFL, the league, the one of the most powerful organizations in the world, we were embarrassed by TMZ Sports on
2: Friday. Come on. Is that all you wanted? This, that would you, be good enough, just that one statement? What, just, or, or, just one time. Or, don't act shady. Or, just one time. Or will you and everybody else see a chink in the armor, uh, uh, uh taste blood in the water and say if they give us that we can find out more if they give us that we can keep digging we can keep asking everybody knows the second you show any weakness and answer one question then five more come there is never a situation where it's enough there's no there's no information that's gonna be enough so what the organization is doing is that we're not going to answer anything about it because even one question we ask answer about it takes away the focus what it should be is, That's a lack of respect for the next opponent, which is a very, very tough defense and tough overall team with with the outstanding athlete at quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who's ran for over 200-some yards the last two games. I think
1: I, 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 I understand what you're saying about moving on. I think I just would want some kind of assurance. You want closure. That little closure. You want closure. And I want assurance as someone who follows this team, covers this team, and if I were a fan of this team, I don't want assurance that this isn't going to happen in my city again. We're not going to be embarrassed and caught on our toes like this
2: again, Sean. That's all. It takes a little trust. It takes a little trust. <laughs> I know. You have to have you. You. You got to go with some blind faith. I trust Andy Reid. See, I think the problem when it comes to this Chiefs team, it, it, it is about my my past relationship, my past being yeah. and that Andy, Andy was my coach. He's one of the most respected coaches in the league, and there's a reason for that. And it's a reason. For I get that. that. And so I trust Andy Reid. I trust him with blind allegiance. I trust him to have the answers, uh, to know the right path and direction for the team without him even having to say it. That kind of blind trust and allegiance is only found in probably one other team in the NFL, and that's in the New England Patriots. And that's why that team has been almost impervious to all the things that have gone gone wrong with that organization. Not to bring up her name, but, but even with something as horrendous as that, it, when it was time to turn the page and go win again, that's what they do. You got you to admire that fan base for being able to have so much trust, faith, blind faith in their team that they'll let the coach go, just continue to coach and worry about winning the next game instead of answering things about the past. Sean's
1: ready to move on. More importantly, Patrick Mahomes is ready to move on. He made that statement on Sunday. We'll get to that next.
3: Arrowhead Pride Radio.
1: Powerhead Pride Radio taking to 7. This when Jay Binkley, Bink at Night, takes over. Right now you got Powerhead Pride Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney hanging out with the player, Sean Barber. And, Sean, I want to get into one of the things Patrick Mahomes said during his post-game press conference after the Chiefs' 40-33 win over the Oakland Raiders on Sunday. I write a column, usually on Mondays, but I took the extra day because I needed this whole thing that's been happening this week to marinate a little bit, and, and I needed to think about this game and what mattered, and, and I ran into something that Patrick Mahomes said, and after the game, after he basically dragged the Chiefs to this victory, he was asked, has he talked to Kareem Hunt, and listen closely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to him, uh, probably keep it to myself between me and him, but uh, I mean, yeah, we had a close relationship. Uh, I saw all the stuff that happened, and I mean, we do, we don't We don't do those things, Uh, but at the same time, I just kind of focus on uh, our organization, the Chiefs, and I know we have to move forward and uh, keep going out there and winning football games if we want to have success this season.
1: We had a close relationship, and we don't do those things. And to me, this stuck out to me, and I understand, Sean, you have your opinions about moving on from the situation so on and so forth. So, oh, so. I don't but mind. that that showed leadership
2: right there. Oh, I don't mind discussing it more. It's just like once you state your feel like like I'm I am I am totally focused on the Ravens, but I can enter a discussion about the facts and go back and forth about it all day. I'm
1: talking about Mahomes here right there. That 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 to me, that quote regarding Hunt saying we don't do these things. He's speaking not only for him, but the he's, he's now I think taken that step forward in you know, he's, he's been really good when the Chiefs are at their best. Yep. And even at 10-2, you'd say, okay, this week the Chiefs are at their worst just because of the situation. Even at their worst, he is the clear-cut face of this franchise, and I think that quote told you that.
2: He, but he's always been right. Of course. I mean, and, that, and that's the one thing I think that when him and Andy got together and he sat and met with this guy and it was time to draft this guy, I think that when you're around a certain personality and you see a maturity – you see that talent. You see that he got. He got. He got it. He got that leadership quality. He will take the team and put it on his shoulders. Whether he has a great day, average day, bad day, he ain't gonna blame it on the receivers. He knows that his arm, he can place that ball anywhere. And if it ain't, if it doesn't find uh, that sweet spot, then it's something he didn't do. He didn't. He 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 could have delivered it a little bit better. He ain't worried about how you ran your route. He finds a way to put all the responsibility, all the pressure on his shoulders because he knows he has the talent to back it up. Very
1: quickly, though, even from an on-the-field, off-the-field standpoint, this is impressive and really, I would say, unique given his
2: age. He's 23. He sounds like he's 28 or in his 30s. But He's always had that old soul, right? Like, he's... He every time you you hear him, you say, "Oh, well, he sounds like he's been rehearsed. He sounds like he's been he's been here before." You know, I got so I got small kids, and somebody says, "Hey, you, you, young one of your young men's talk with a lot of maturity, like he's been here before." That's something that some of my people, the old people, say that about guys that have a, a, a old soul. This man, there is no stage too big for him because he grew up with a with a father that's already in the major leagues. He was yeah. around. Multi-millionaires and in, in the, the the elite athletes, and so like he's not star-studded. Even in my career, when I started A-Rod, NFL, too. A-Rod. When I started my NFL career, I went to Washington Redskins. I was around Champ Bailey and Dion uh, Dion Sanders, uh, uh, Daryl Green, uh, some of the great uh, Trent Green, some of the greatest football players that I watched, and I tried to emulate them growing up. And now those are my teammates. So my first year in the league, I was star-studded. I, Pat Mahomes isn't that, that way about anybody. Even even the guy across, even when it was him versus uh Tom Brady, the GOAT, I think he he looked forward to that moment of, of of going against Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks, so he can show off his abilities versus Tom's abilities. The moment
1: that stuck out to me in that game, too, is right after the game. You got Tom Brady. Tom Six Championship Brady. Streaking over to make sure he says good game to Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. There are are quarterbacks in this league that are walking up to him that have been the guys for years and years. That's why people sometimes, I think, even in Kansas City, even still are waiting for the other shoe to drop.
2: Keep on waiting. (laughs) Hey, you know what they say? Game respect game. Game respects game. And the guys that played the game and see this guy and see some of these throws he's making off the wrong foot, going the wrong way with the velocity and the accuracy, They've never seen that before on such a consistent basis. It isn't, it, 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 your, your eyes ain't fooling you when you see it uh, on, on the TV screen. And having the honor to see it on game day at Arrowhead Stadium, you talk about ticket sales in the future. If you don't go see this young man play now, the, 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 the tickets to see uh, the greatest show on turf now when it's here at Arrowhead with one pet, make him shake Showtime homes, that, it's going to be standing room only. The ticket's going to be out of the roof, so you better go watch him now if you're going to go watch him.
1: I said it to Joel, obviously, the God, the blog father, as we like to call him. This is like Brett Favre on your team, so get used to it, Kansas City. This is going to be a fun decade plus, of course, uh, assuming no injury or anything like that happens to this kid, God forbid. I want to talk about Eric Bieniemy. He actually appeared on Adam Schefter's podcast today, and he spoke about we usually get him on Thursdays. We'll have him Thursday right here on Show & Vern, I believe. Uh, we'll play it live for you, but... He was on the Adam Schefter podcast today talking about moving on from Kareem Hunt.
0: You know what? We've we prided ourselves here as an organization, Coach Reed, uh, our president, Mark Donovan. I mean, our whole entire organization is just making sure that we eliminate distractions and keep moving forward. I thought our guys, I thought our players did an outstanding job of just staying focused on the game plan and staying focused on what we needed to accomplish, and that was just to come away with a victory however we needed to get done in Oakland. And what do you think of the way Spencer Ware and Damian Williams performed against the Raiders on Sunday and the way you'll need them to perform going forward into the future? One thing I thought about both those guys, obviously being with Spencer, we knew Spencer would rise to the occasion, but just knowing those two with the attitude and the determined mindset that they both play with, I thought they did a heck of a job. Now, they'll both tell you, hey, you know what, we may have left a player or two out there, but one thing I always look at is, what are those what are those guys doing when the ball is not in their hands? I thought the two of them did a great job of picking up some blitzes, and then on top of that, just the second effort runs and the second effort plays that they made. You know, proud of them and understanding, hey, you know what? This is their role. Next man up mentality. We keep it moving forward.
1: The final rushing yardage on the game Pat Mahomes, your rushing leader, with 52 yards. Spencer Ware next, 47. Damian Williams had 38. And then Ty Hill had that one big run for 33 and then another one for four. So those are your rushing uh, in that game. When it comes to Warren Williams, again, all this stuff happened on Friday. This was a game plan, probably with Kareem Hunt in it, and a little bit of I think, you know, square peg, circular hole type deal for these guys. They should be playing better when the game plan is factoring them in. I would think against the Ravens.
2: I think like anything in life, man. Like like just because you're a running back, don't mean you fit every style of run. Right. And I think eventually, once we a year ago realized we had a rushing leader on our team, the running game was catered and tailored to customize what worked best for Kareem Hunt. Now, Spencer Ware and Williams are two different, totally different backs. And But what I know about EB, Coach bien is that he's he a mastermind when you talk about changing uh, run-blocking schemes and directions between veers and pulls and gap-blocking and the, way, the different ways to, to block the same run, but customizing it so it's more effective to a certain running style. Every running back that Coach B. Enemy has been giving his hands to has always outperformed whatever the scouting report said to him when them entering the league. He's turned some average running backs into great running backs. He's turned good running backs into great running backs. So I don't believe any differently about uh, D. Williams and then the other Williams from LSU. Um, and we already seen what Spencer Ware can do. So I, I just, no, no, no matter what kind of talent you give Coach bien he's able to to, to to help those guys rise to the occasion be greater than they are. But the one thing I do, you know, you got to admit, the one thing you did see, the the, the chink in the armor that you have to make sure you pay attention to is that we have to make sure that Ware realizes ball security. Right. Ball security, is even if you didn't have any loss fumbles, that don't mean the ball didn't come out. And so ball security is job security at that running back position.
1: Quick point on the enemy. He was also a coach for all day, Adrian Peterson, for years and years in Minnesota. Before we get to break, we gotta get to break. But one one quick thing from you, Sean. What do you make of Sharkandrick West returning to Kansas City?
2: Oh man, the Candy Man is back. Uh, after every game, I would give him a box of candy when he was here in KC. Uh, I do the uniform <laughs> official, so it was a little thing we had back and forth. I was sad to see the man uh, leave because uh, I had a personal relationship with him, and I thought he was a you know he was a hell of a competitor. Um, so to have him back in the fold uh, when it talks about next man up is so great. When you talk about next man up, to have a known commodity step back into the the running back room. You know what you're going to get out of uh, uh West. Uh, Shark- Sharknado. Sharknado is going to be able to give us uh, just, just the full effort. You know he's a high-effort guy, high-motor guy. And then when he scores, he's going to give you the sexy move. He's going to give you that little sexy <laughs> with the with the pull of the hair back and all that kind of stuff. So he be dancing. He's going to be the same uh, Mr. Wild Wild West that he's always been, bringing that excitement to the running back room. Um, so I'm excited to have a boy uh, be back part of uh, the kingdom. He's Sean
1: Barber. I'm Pete Sweeney. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Hot Take Tuesday. It's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio taking you to 7 o'clock. That's when Jay Binkley takes over for Bink at night. But right now, you got the linebacker, Sean Barber, header in chief of ArrowheadPride.com. I am Pete Sweeney. And Sean, once again. It is Hot Take Tuesday where we go around the nation for takes about your Chiefs and whether you like it or not. This week's have to do with Kareem Hunt. The first is from Stephen A. Smith weighing in on the situation on ESPN.
3: I cannot tell you the number of stories that I've heard of Andy Reid trying to extend a helping hand to guys off the field and to do whatever he could to help them beyond football. And so for him to make a decision like this, um, it's probably breaking his heart knowing him the way that I do. But I will tell you, it's unquestionably the right decision to make. Uh, It had to be done because it's bad enough. And and I'm going to just break this down. When you see the video, one of the things I do not want to hear, I don't want to hear about hanger-ons. I don't want to hear about the company you keep. Obviously, that's something that's a factor in some of these situations. He's been advised on many occasions to avoid going back to Cleveland, hanging with his boys and stuff like that, because that's when he finds himself in trouble. I don't want to hear that in this particular situation. Every single male on that video, every single one of them was trying to restrain him. He was pushing them off to get at the woman. He was pushing them off. As a matter of fact, one of the times when a woman went crashing into the wall before she went to the ground, it was because he took one of his boys, I believe that was the case, and shoved him into her, which forced her to crash into the wall and what have you. And then obviously at the tail end of it all, once he, cr- once she crashes to the ground or what have you, the, the, the incident's supposed to be over, and then he comes back and kicks her. Yeah. And so th- there's no excuse for it. It's indefensible. Um, and what happened had to be done.
1: So the point I want to focus on here is, you know, he's released, it's done. But that first part with Andy Reid, because you, you, you've been connected with Andy Reid in the past. And, and I'm, I'm, be, I'm and what,
2: be, yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you because that's all I heard. Because everything besides what he talked about, Andy was just fodder on the fire. It was just Stephen A. being an extremist as he always.
1: <laughs> <did>. <laughs> that's, that's how he makes his money. Yeah, so say.
2: that's how, yeah, that's how he gets paid. So hats off to him for I, earning I, I, check, I think
1: he, I think he has, a, I think he has a point. I think it was inexcusable and indefensible, and the Chiefs did make the right decision. I, I'm just curious as to with when it comes to Andy Reid. Yes, everything about everything about that first part with Reid. Is that is that a true true story when it comes to off the field stuff? Because a lot of a lot of what we see is on the field, you know, so we don't get to see those conversations that happen off the field.
2: You cannot give Coach Andy Reid enough credit about how sincere and caring, and committed he is to his team, his players. There isn't there isn't that a word. I don't have enough time. This show ain't long enough for me to go through the long list of thank yous and uh, appreciations and how I truly feel about Coach Reid as a as a man as a coach, as a mentor, I can tell you that he reaches out to his team on a numerous basis throughout the season, -season, preseason, postseason. It's family. It's faith. And then we expect you to be able to focus on football. There is no football without the other two. And that's why
1: you see, like, the players and the coaches love to work with them.
2: Because you know that beyond the football, he cares about you as a man. He cares about you as a father, as a husband, as a – he cares about what are you going to be and what are you going to stand for when the light's off and you can't play no more. Sometimes you got to cut people and you got to release them so they can grow, so they can learn a lesson, so they can be better men. Because if you keep putting Band-Aids and making it better and patting them and saying it's going to be okay, and then they get released and it ain't okay, you start feeling like some inward thing where I could have – I should have done right by them. I was holding on to him because he was a – Great football player, and I was ignoring the fact that the man was hurting inside, and he was doing some things that wasn't appropriate inside. And instead of treating him like a man and acting and releasing him and making him grow up and become a better person, I I, I kind of con- contributed to just using him up on the field, and then I'm gonna turn him over to society um, with all his faults. Andy Reid won't do that. When he when when he has a sign that something's wrong, he's gonna take care of it, um, and, and he's gonna acknowledge it. One of the things about Andy Reid's locker room—I know some people have took tours—you realize in the in in the Chiefs' locker room there are no lockers. Yeah, there are no locks on the lockers.
1: Right, it's wide open.
2: When you put your money, your rings, your valuables—open air—it should it should feel as safe in there as it does in Fort Knox. Because the only people allowed in the locker room during when your stuff is in there is your teammates. And if you can't trust your teammates, if you think somebody's in there as a thief. You can't win. You can't worry about winning a football game when you're worried about somebody stealing your stuff. And that's what it, it, when it comes to truth, honor, honesty, integrity, he's always been upfront and accountable, and he and he holds his key, team to the same accountability. And there's never been no uh, shucking and jiving. There's never been no delineation <laughs> from that. And those that play for him know that.
1: Second take I want to get to from today. Second hot take and hot take Tuesday. Shannon Sharp. Of Fox Sports Undisputed on the Chiefs coming back to the pack.
2: I, I like still this. think the Chiefs are the best team, um, but it greatly has brought them back to the pack because you can see today they're not with the, uh, Patrick Mahomes led the team in rushing. That's yeah. normally what Kareem Hunt does. I think he, it brings Kansas City back to the pack. I still think they're the best team. And what you need to happen, you need to hold serve and force New England to go on the road into the playoffs. Under Coach Belichick, they're only three and four in the playoffs on the road. On the road. Uh-huh. On the road. They've yeah. lost their last three playoff games on the road last win was 2007 against <clears throat> the Chargers but why you got bringing that up? my man, I just <laughs> you just want to take shots. no I would never That's do that this week
1: this week have the Chiefs come back to the pack now that it is the Warren and Williams show
2: I wouldn't say they've come back to the pack I've said they've uh, uh they lost a little ground um Kareem Hunt is a he was one he was a Russian leader last year he's er, you you seen the man hurdle 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 players in a single the things he does as a running back and, and you know the thing he does best is his ball security. Having me mean, four hundred catches and uh, the carries in college, and that one fumble comes to the pros. Fumbles his first carry, and ain't even came close to fumbling since. Um, that ball security is something that you you value. You, sometimes you take for granted, but it's something that you have to continue to focus on. And so, yeah, our, our running game overall. When you lose a talented athlete like Kareem Hunt from that 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 from that that room of running backs, yes, you've lost something. But it's not something that our, our offense can't pick up with our passing game, screen game, um, and, and, and what with, with D. Williams and what uh, where do, do best.
1: Our third hot take, our third national hot take, and, yes, this guy's gone big league now, national is Therese Paller of Yahoo Sports. is from the Therese Paller Show, which you can find right here on 610 Sports Radio on whether the Chiefs will go after Le'Veon Bell.
2: But
0: I think in the off season they're going to have to address this, and I had a column on this today. You know, I think Le'Veon Bell is a player who, like, fits. <laughs> like Andy Reed. <laughs> oh, <We> lost show. <laughs> Andy Andy Reed would have a field day with Le'Veon Bell. By the way, the only thing Le'Veon doesn't give you that um that Kareem does is like is the Kareem's got like that breakaway kind of juice. Like Lev's not gonna get it, but like pass blocking, patience, zone run, he could be really good here.
1: Now, he ultimately goes on to say it's unlikely the Chiefs sign him. I think there's no chance, but Therese thinks that he'd be a good fit here. What's your take on the situation,
2: Chuck? I, I, I think I've said it weeks ago. I think I said it once the uh, deadline hit on the uh, franchise tag that I thought that having Kareem Hunt and... You, wanted them, bo- you wanted them both. I wanted them both there. So of this isn't I, Jerry Jones we're I, Of about. course I think it will be a great fit for him. I think he's one of the most elusive, one of the elite weapons coming out the backfield. Um, I think you, you you pair him up with uh, Coach Andy Reid, you'll see what Brian uh, Westbrook used to do Oh, Route 36 for the Eagles, one of those unstoppable forces out the backfield. Um, uh, Andy has been – I mean, he can develop so many things with a running back that has uh, great hands and, and is elusive, patient, um, all those characteristics of a great running back that Lev Bell has.
1: Well, there you go. That's Hot Take Tuesday. And from Hot Take Tuesday, we go to the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst, Ken Swanson. Kent, uh, it's something we've been asking everyone for their take on. It's the hottest story with the Chiefs in Kansas City, unfortunately. How is the Kareem Hunt thing uh, going with you this week? What do you feel about it?
4: You know, I think the farther away we get from it, um, it's it's very obvious that the Chiefs did the right thing. And, um, you know, it's it's a sad thing to see such a talent – um, to move on, but um, I, I, I commend the Chiefs for making the decision that they did. This team is more than capable of, uh, of winning without them. Uh, you obviously, you would have liked to see the talent on the field, but I, I support the decision to move on from a guy like Kareem Huff.
1: That's Voice's lead film and draft analyst, Ken Swanson. Kent, every week you do Patrick Mahomes' analysis for us at ArrowheadPride.com. Today was the Something Good, Something Bad article, and what you noticed – in this weekend's game, was that Mahomes was especially good on third down.
4: Yeah, I think it was, it was such a bizarre game with him up and down. I think there were some really rough moments, some good moments. But, you know, he shined in third down situations, I thought, this week. And there was a lot of plays. I kept finding, you know, plays and moments in the game where he was, he was making things happen, he was making good decisions, he was making plays, and it was, it was his performance. And they are all on third down. I mean, the performance on third down was exceptional, and, um, you know, he did it in a variety of different ways in, a, in the pocket, out of the pocket, on broken plays with his legs. It was, it was a really good thing to see, and, and in a situation where, you know, the team needed him to, to, to rise above, you know, all the things that are yeah. going on right now with this team. So, you know, doing that in those big moments I thought was a big, a big move forward for the kids.
1: You know, Ken, I try to watch Good Morning Football every morning just to kind of stay in tune with what the national story is. And I think it was a few weeks ago, you wrote something on OurHeadPride.com basically that was saying this greatness that we're seeing, we're already over it. We're already used to seeing it every week, this Aaron Rodgers type of play out of Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Peter Schrager had another segment this morning. Have we already gotten used to seeing dazzling throws from Patrick Mahomes? He had a highlight reel where he went through three throws that were just, eh, just another Sunday for, for the kid.
4: I mean, if, if this was – if the Chiefs had Mitchell Trubisky right now and he rolled to his left and and made an athletic throw on third and 15 on a laser to convert a third and 15 for a first down, it'd probably lead Arrowhead Pride. But, you know, that play is probably like the fifth best play that Mahomes had last week – or this week on, on Sunday. So it's like I, – I, the the calibrate – like our, I've said this several times I've said it on the – Pre and post game show, I've said it on the podcast. I've said it here. We had like our calibration as as a fan base, as a city, is off because we went from nothing to rare, amazing talent. I mean, Mahomes. The list of the list of people that have thrown more touchdown passes in a single season than Patrick Mahomes is Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers. And there's just twelve games left, Pete. There's, or there's four games left, Pete. There's, there's, they're 12 games into this season. Sean, we have no earthly clue how to handle and, and understand what is happening. And someday we will maybe when we're farther removed from how amazing this has been. But um, it's, it's, it's it, we're being spoiled, and they're making up for lost time.
1: Sean, I don't know if you hear that. That's the twinkle in Kent's eye. Kent, given that, <laughs> given that twinkle and trying to be as unbiased as you can... Mahomes over Breeze for the MVP these last 4 weeks? I I had so much apathy
4: for this whole MVP discussion until like this week and I saw what happened and I started looking at it a little bit harder. Patrick Mahomes is your MVP. I understand Drew Breeze has, has been fantastic. This is this is not a legacy award. This is this is for what is happening this season. He has Patrick Mahomes has 11 more touchdown passes than Drew Breeze. He's doing more uh, for his team than uh, than than what Drew Brees is doing, I don't see how you can justify not giving this kid a well-deserved award. And uh, his response this week just continued to add to that opinion.
1: Well, Kent, give us a little quick preview of what you have the rest of the week. We got you're out right here. Yeah,
4: so we got two more pieces going up on Patrick Mahomes. We're going to identify some of those special moments. You know, we we. Gushed about him already on Arrowhead Pride, but we've got some really some additional plays, some special plays that we're going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, Arrowhead Pride podcast, uh, the uh, a- Arrowhead Pride Laboratory podcast goes up tomorrow, and we also have a little uh, article featuring some potential running back draft Uh-oh. selections Here we go. Uh, that we're we're gonna we're gonna launch tomorrow as well.
1: That voice is the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst, Ken Swanson. Ken, thanks for joining us.
4: Good
1: talking to you, buddy. Kent is the leader of our Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad. He appears on Bink at Night at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Tonight, you can catch Matt Lane. He'll be talking to Bink about the Raiders game, 7.30 tonight. Craig Stout talks the defense at 8 o'clock on Wednesdays with Bink at Night. Bink at Night coming out at 7 o'clock. But before Bink at Night, after the break, we will be reading and answering your tweets. Don't go anywhere. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio closing it down. Pete That's, Sweeney here with Sean Barber. It's
2: so sad, man. It's, it's, it flies. I, I get so excited to get here, and then I get so disappointed when it's time to go, man.
1: Time flies when you're having fun, Sean. Did no one ever tell you that?
2: Yeah, they, my mom told me that a lot.
1: So we are going to now read your tweets until Bink at Night comes on at 7 o'clock. Uh, you sent your tweets in. You can, If you want to do this in the future, it's twitter.com slash Pride. That's how you do it. Let's do it.
2: First question, Mizzou SO, what happened to Jordan Lucas? I'm still on the Lucas locomotive. You can only you can only show what you can do when you're given the opportunity. He should be on the field. He needs we've listen, I, I don't throw people under the bus, but there is somebody on the defense that has missed way too many tackles. It's been highlighted. It's a it's a glaring weakness. Are you talking
1: about Schmerrick Schmurri <laughs> or Schmon Schmarker?
2: Uh, Schmerich <laughs> uh, it, it rhymes with yeah, it rhymes with Slurry. But it's just it's, – it's, it's happening way too many times, and I think our opponents are starting to focus on leaving him one-on-one and having the, uh, him being the crucial, you know, the guy who's supposed to make the tackle. We can't have that.
1: This question from TJ Breeze. Love the name. Why Brees? do you think K-Pass isn't playing a bad pick or late bloomer? Can he make the move to interior lineman? It was actually a split between Passigno and Speaks – for the injured Justin Houston, and then Passanio got injured himself, and he kind of lost his opportunity there in the middle of the season. Speaks took those reps, and I think the Chiefs just trust them all right now.
2: Yeah, you got to be healthy, man. You can't meet the club from the tub. and I mean, whatever he has to do to get healthy, get on the field, man. You got to get reps. You got to let people see you can play. Um, 80, being out there 80%, 75% is better than not being out there at all, We're trying to wait until you're 100% and then not having any game fail. So, unfortunately, I think, you know, TK – uh, you know, the, the Range Rover from Nova. Uh, he got to get on that field and show him he can do something if he wants to stay around.
1: Proletariat Chariot says, is it possible that Kareem comes back to KC next year after he gets his S? I can't say that on the radio. Back together? No, he's not coming back. But he does also ask, where do you see West coming to the mix? Personally, I always liked what I saw from West more than where and hope he gets a lot of snaps. He's not gonna. He's in reserve right now, and he's brought back as uh, an emergency depth running back. He probably, I would guess... I don't want to say probably, but he may not even be active on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think they like the other, you know, having the two Williams active and knowing the playbook. Um, of course, you know, Wes is going to be a quick study. He'll get back up to speed very quickly. Um, but his, his role has always been a third down guy, right? He's been able to come in on third down, catch the ball at the backfield. Be a, he's always awesome on special teams. And just to give, uh, you know, Spencer Ware a break when he needs it. So, But I, the, the two Williams kids are very special. They both are uh, kind of interesting.
1: Next question from Craig D. Think about this long and hard. When Eric Berry comes back, how many snaps does he play game one? What's your guess there, Sean?
2: I'm going with 16 and a half plays.
1: 16 and a half plays. Yeah,
2: that's my, I'm taking the under.
1: Okay. I'm going to go around 20. That's what I'm going to say. Ethan verdict wants to know how many draft picks do we have also in the first round? Do we have draft a running back? Then all draft picks we do left. Do we waste in on defense? I, I think this, we actually just talked about this in the break. I don't think you take a first rounder and a running back. I don't think you even think about taking a running back to the late rounds with the way these running backs are, are, are coming in the league today. Phillip Lindsay, who's one of the better running backs in the league right now. Undrafted.
2: Yeah. You put your money in the offense, spend the draft on defense, offensive lineman, defense, offensive lineman, Defense, then offensive linemen. And then in the seventh round, whoever's the last running back left who runs the fastest 40, bring him in. EB will do miracles with him and make him a starter.
1: By the way, the Chiefs have a first-rounder, then two second-rounders, of course, the Chiefs' own pick, and then the trade for Lord Voldemort. Round three and four, they each have one pick. Round five, round six, and round seven. So that rounds out your Chiefs draft picks. Money. Mudcat wants to know, will Armani Watts play this year? Can he have an impact? I think they're going to go with LDT back from IR, if anybody.
2: Yeah, I think you know we look at the safety position, having our man E.B. being back in the fold. Um, I think that pretty much rules out Armani Watts coming back. Um, you know there's no guarantees. Whoever's healthy and ready to play come to playoff time, man. When it's time for playoff ball, it's time to go, so you, you, all, you gather all your troops together and whoever can go needs to go.
1: This question from Wes Burns. Lamar Jackson likely coming into town this Sunday. Will we see a significant dose of Dorian playing QB spy this week? A question about a linebacker to the linebacker.
2: Spying a quarterback that you're not as fast as is no good.
1: (laughs) Is anybody's fastest?
2: Lamar Jackson is going to be the fastest guy uh, on 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 the field when he's out there. Of course, Tyreek is the fastest guy in the league. Maybe Tyreek should be playing Uh, QB spy. but, But Lamar... You know what? But Lamar Jackson is, I mean, it's hard to say. He's faster than anybody we have on the defense. And so the way you you have to do it, you have to stay in your pass lanes. Rushing your pass lanes is going to be critical. You have to condense and control and crumble the pocket around this guy without giving him any vertical uh, exit routes. Because once he splits the defense, it can be six. This
1: question from Christopher Schink: What will the Chiefs
2: do at running back
1: next season? Sign a free agent, draft somebody, or keep who they have. Also, am I the only one who has noticed how well Stephen Nelson has been playing?
2: If I had a dinner bell, I'd be ringing it right now because I'm going to be ringing the Lev Bell Bell from now until the season starts next year. I want Lev Bell paying what he wants for three seasons, give him $50 million, 30 no. guaranteed, bring him into the fold, create a dominant offensive Uh, joke or not, and then just put together whatever you need to on defense.
1: Don't forget, Kareem was a third-round pick. You don't need to go crazy here. Kiefer Young wants to know, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, what is the
2: first thing you're going to tell your buddies, John? A lot of your buddies played for the Chiefs. It's no ifs. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I'm going to tell my friends, I knew it since training camp. I saw a twinkle in this guy's eye. This quarterback is one of – he's a a one-in-a-generation type quarterback. We are in the presence of greatness and he's humble enough and hardworking enough, he don't even know it. And that's the best thing about my man, Patty Jack, make it shake, Showtime Mahomes. He's going to be a great we, – we found a diamond in the rough, baby. Let's appreciate it. Let's do it. Chief Kingdom, let's go.
1: That's linebacker Sean Barber. Thank you to Ken Swanson, also to Jason
2: Ketz behind the glass. My name is
1: Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Tune in to ArrowheadPride.com for all your Chiefs news. Bink at night. Jay Binkley knows his ball. Stay with us. I'll let you boy. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio.
0: Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com.